Hello, Terry Ann. Hello, Eloise. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, so we've been kind of sitting around contemplating um, some of the questions that we received privately. You know, the way, um, you know, sometimes we, because we're working together, we segue a little bit. I just want to start reviewing some of the work we've already done and making it really, really clear, Um, especially when it comes to what you want to uh, create in your life. And that can be relationship. We'll we'll probably focus on relationship mostly, Um, but it can be, it can be for anything, you know, what you want with your career. Finance. finances, uh, how you see things. So um, one of the things that that you do, Eloise, is you work with Mindscape, which is a particular, well, why don't you describe what Mindscape is? So for me, Mindscape, it's a two-day class where it's very experiential, but essentially we are kind of in Instilling, instilling, is that a good word? Yeah. A framework into your mind and brain, if you like, so that you can have more structure for your intuition. So it's giving that left brain, the analytical and the ego part, a little bit of some sweets and some toys so it can sit in the corner. And then the more intuitive, creative edge can come out and you can kind of tap into more of what's going on energetically in the universe and tap into your potential right and isn't isn't mindscape also um a separation between yes it's amazing but a separation (laughs) from imagination and a place in which we actually uh formulate that structure well create the future Everything's imagination, but it's more structured imagination. Okay. So, but, but in like, um, one of the things that Gurdjieff, uh, George Ivanov Gurdjieff talked about is that when the mind starts going into um, negative thinking, like imagining uh, a family member has gone off, you don't know where they are and thinking they're in a car accident, um, he would say, You know, that's just craziness thinking that you're making that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And that's what Mindscape would do is give you this format to to structure the imagination so that you're actually creating from there. It's not just whatever goes on in your mind, whatever goes on in the imagination, whatever goes on in thoughts gets manifested. No. And... Yeah, and, you know, you're still going to have little blips of things come in, even when you're in the structure of Mindscape. And that doesn't mean it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, it, it, it does, like, sometimes it needs repetitive thinking in that space in order to bring stuff about. Okay, so how would you talk to someone who has a paranoia of something bad happening that is repetitive thinking over and over and over again in their minds? Well... I'd probably start using some other tools as well. But coming to Mindscape would be able to... it For me, it puts boundaries in place. Mm-hmm. And that is a massive thing. 
like boundaries in your thinking, boundaries and what interferes with your thinking, you know, so you really can kind of home in on one aspect of what you want to focus on. So could you I mean, give an example of what how you would put boundaries on your thinking? Well, everybody's going to be individual and they're going to have a different way of thinking about it. But to give you uh, an example, on the weekend, I basically teach you how you can tune into anything on the planet or beyond. You know, so you can tune into a person that you've never met across the world. Now, some people would think that's impossible, but it is possible when you train your intuition. It's very easy with that structure in place. But, you know, there's so much going on in the universe. How do you focus in on just that one channel? You know, it's giving you that structure and that boundary so that you can do that and have that really clear intent and focus. Great. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking because... You know, I I often look back on my life and wonder how did I, um, how did I even figure that out? You know, I don't have words for it. I created my own course for a while, uh, teaching it. And um, then eventually, you know, from uh, the, the, what's what's his name? Um, um, my mind control the guy who wrote mind control silver method of mind silver method and then we then we learned i learned that system and then i learned um mindscape i had my own way of doing it but i also understood that um from a very young age you know whatever you put into place in your mind if you really focused on it you start to manifest it so uh, you know it just has a different space to it when you've got that intent behind it Right. Like I can like when I decided to run the marathon, that that was just a choice. I was doing it. There was no question. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. then I spent nine months training and everything to do it. Like sometimes you just make a choice and, and then it's happening. It's got a completely different energy to it going, Well, I might stop running and da, 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 da. you know, it's like <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes. Well it's to to also explain that clearly. So I'm trying to think of yeah. Um, you know, if I've got two different choices I need to make and there are different variables and needs that I have in a different, in a particular moment, like, let's say I have lots of space and time to do some writing, I'll do some writing, but usually, um, likely, you know, money could be the priority. So then I'm working at my daily work that I need to do to make the money. So, I put writing second, um, yeah. but I could switch that around, like um, decide, okay, if you want to just write, then you're going to work really hard, save the money, you know, really live below like the least um, um, least amount of money that you could possibly expend, um, you know, get stuff out of your life, bring that down, start saving money so you have a year off just to, to write and then through that year you might create something that will bring an income or you have to go back and do some work um especially when i was younger it's like why don't you just get two or three jobs you're young you know when i used to work 100 hours a week well a lot of people were working 40 hours a week and complaining they don't have money it's like well then work 100 
Well, yeah. I don't want to. Well, sometimes to create what you want, there are appropriate sacrifices to make. Yeah. Right. So um, we have a vision. We work towards the vision. Um, and your attitude, you know, these are really important things that your attitude is as though it's going to work, even though you don't see the results right away. It's really, um, we can have this very um, stilted, uh, focused, narrow perception of outcomes, right? So a lot of people like, I want this and I want it now. So I want this job and I want it now. For example, let's say someone's been off the job market for years, but they were um, in a managerial position. Then they go off the market for 10 years, say they want to go back to work, but they will only accept a managerial position. And then they're completely disappointed when that doesn't occur. That is really, you know, not realizing what you want. You want something, you get into the company that you like, and you start working your way up again to managerial position. I often hear, but I don't want to do that. I want someone to just take me. Well, how does it feel while you're waiting during this? I feel awful. I feel anxious. I feel stressed. Yeah. Okay, so... You can either live in a place where you're anxious and stressed, waiting for someone to finally discover that you have the talents required and you may not have the talents required. So you may be waiting a really long time, especially if you've taken a sabbatical, right? You may not have the talents to be um, the manager of today, but you're looking at the position as the thing you want rather than, no, I'm on my pathway to getting where I want. Even if you want to be mm-hmm. CEO of the company, why not? You know, if, if I woke up tomorrow and said, you know what? I'd really prefer being the CEO of um, uh, some company. I would, I would go into the company, <laughs> apply for a job and take anything they gave me, including mailroom. Yeah. You know, and, and I would, as I go along, figure out every step to get there. Now, what, what's going on with us? You know, I look at all of us together. How do some human beings go out there in the world and think right away, I need to have exactly what I want when I want it? We could blame um, technology that we've got instant gratification. I'd have to say when we didn't have instant gratification, that was still an issue. Yeah, I don't really see the difference. It's not like all of a sudden we got technology. Yes, maybe our our attention spans are shortening. Maybe it's making it worse. I don't know. I I don't really know. I don't see enough studies that tell us whether, you know, we have um, just if you measure the attention people take on a particular website is is not necessarily determining my attention span. Right. It doesn't mean that I don't spend. Um, so if I go into looking up something that has nothing to do with my work, my attention spans really short. But if you start measuring that, how long I spent on that site, you are not determining at all what my attention span is, because I can yeah. spend hours and hours just focusing on one concept that I need to study in a in a deeper and deeper way. For example, look at our podcasts. I am going back to the roots again. Because the questions I'm receiving 
are the same. So like, did I go too quickly over that? Did I not describe it well enough? Did we segue a lot, right? Because we want to go in depth in a topic. It brings in a lot of other issues. So, you know, are we giving in a really slow, um, concise, methodological way what people actually need to look at and focus on? So um, I'm not sure about that 100%. I'm really not sure because I would say that people we're constantly seeking immediate gratification. And what I would put that down to is, is fear, right? If I don't get it now, I'm afraid that I won't get it at all. It's also yeah. a rejection of who I am. So if I go get a job, I don't care if this was 60 years ago, 50 years ago, or the present day, people who were looking for jobs didn't get them. They were afraid they weren't going to get them. Of course, times were different. You got a job, you stayed in your job for years. Um, and then people started losing their jobs. And that started way back at the Industrial Revolution, where people lost yeah. their jobs to machinery. Um, of course, it's happening at a quicker rate right now, where you could lose your job really quickly, and more and more people are losing their jobs. Um, yeah. Because things are changing like crazy. All right. That's that I can understand. But we as human beings having our own personal self-awareness, being aware of who we are, what our fears are, that our fears are connected to, to the past. We tend as humans, I don't care what era you talk about, we will think about the past and project it on the future. How can you know that this is historic? Go read. Read as much as you can on, um, let's say, Nietzsche, who predicted 200 years earlier the destruction of communism, uh, that communism would create, the murders that would happen in communism yeah. 200 years earlier. How did he possibly predict that? Well, I'm sure the people at the time didn't necessarily agree with him. We still have people to this day who misinterpret what he said. Like he said, God is dead. And people go, yeah, yeah, God is dead as though it's a good thing. He didn't say that at all. He said, mm. God is dead. And, you know, we will be, we will suffer for that, which is happening today. God is dead. So we look for other gods right like movie yeah. stars are our gods yeah. um, musicians are our gods oh, more and more ideologies like um and and really strong you know in the 60s you know we were afraid that uh we were all going to freeze over that by my 30s which is 30 years ago um california should have been sunk how come California is yeah. not thinking? How come there's a spot they always measure? There's no change in the water, um, the water flow. Uh, <laughs> they've just taken down a sign at a glacier. Uh, very quietly, they took down a sign that said, in 2020, this glacier will be gone. Well, the glacier is still there, intact. And they just <laughs> quietly took down the sign. Down the sign. Right? So, you know, at my age, looking back historically, we've had all of this um, uh, fear mongering on yeah. um, what will happen. But it becomes a religious um, fervor almost that, you know, uh, about climate and we lose 
the the realism, like what's really going on. Of course, there is climate change, right? They they quietly, yeah, Im- yeah we almost imperceptibly changed it from um, global warming to climate change, right? Global warming indicates that something's going wrong. Climate change indicates nothing to me because the climate has been changing from the birth of the planet, yeah, right? We were a molten lava mass of stuff spewing. And that, you know, that had nothing to do with mankind. The earth has been changing its climate uh, throughout. We had a mini ice age, then we had a period where the CO2 levels were higher and the planet was greener. We need, yeah. we need to study it. We need to figure out, you know, what exactly um, is man doing to the climate? How much do we actually contribute and what do we have to curtail before you start implementing fear techniques, right? And the, mm-hmm. and the, the politicians get to use those um, fear-mongering techniques to um, rally votes, to use money, uh, to create more money, right? You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's pretty amazing what we're being stuck with based on something that we're not entirely sure of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, it still warrants study, it still warrants investigation. Um, but we want to know that the implementations of what we're going to do is based on some form of reality. So, yeah, that's neither here nor there at the moment. Sorry, I just went into a bit of detail there. But really yeah. to um, understand that um, we have transformed from believing in a, a god uh, to believing in um, weather or even government has become very godlike to some people. The government will take care of me. The government's going yeah. to deal with this. Or even the phrase, the government should. Which is like, what? Yeah. Right. Which brings us to personal responsibility. Responsibility. I was about yeah. to say. Well, what is, what is my responsibility? Right? My responsibility is to think critically. My responsibility is to myself and to my life. This isn't like selfishly just doing whatever you want. It's it's really thinking about what you're doing, right? And with all of the parameters that are going on for you, we, we often don't, um, you know, kind of um, like, okay, so, so because my legs don't work and my back and all this stuff, you know, I can be in a lot of pain and I might make a mistake of what I put into the recycling and what I put into my um, composting. My husband corrects yeah. it for me and stuff. But what if I was living alone and there was a law that you couldn't do that? I would have been arrested a long time ago just for being in pain and my my brain yeah. not, not being able to conceive of something. So, you know, where are the 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 where is the ability to accept that the individual has an individual way of living and that um yeah do we have somebody coming by and and checking on you and jailing you or do you have somebody coming by and checking on whether you did it properly or not it becomes quite um fantastical and um ridiculous right mm-hmm. so um it's just thinking through for yourself you know, the best way to live your life. Of course, we're going to have um, an idea that that the world is also important. My community is important, which a lot of people forget. Let's say somebody wants a particular job 
or a girl wants a particular guy or a guy wants a particular girl. Um, oftentimes, the individual reacts as though it's a personal affront on them as to whether someone's attracted to them yeah. or someone um, is better suited for that job. But we take it personally. Yet, when it comes to um, being devoted to one's God, so it could be you're the God of government, that's your God, yeah. or your God of um, we've got to take care of climate change, or your God of let's save uh, starving people, or your God of God of God of God of God of, right? Um, there are so many gods out there that we're paying homage to, and we're laying, you know, bare and uh, prostrate in front of those gods. And we're also claiming that other people should follow your God and not mm. their own. Right. So we've come to so many diverse uh, religions, even though they don't appear to be uh, the God that, that is original. We're we're making these yeah, really false idols. Right. And yeah. um, and then we say, yes, but you have to care about the world. And yet we don't care about the person who could take your job or mm. you don't care about. Uh, the person you're taking the boyfriend from. I feel really good about this relationship. I really feel uh, he should be in my life, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to do whatever I can to sabotage their relationship. How do I do it? Well, I call him up. I, I text him. I invite him out. I say, we're meant to be together. You know, she's not good for you. And I know she's not good for you because you've told me she's not good for you. And yet you still go back to your, your wife, you go back to your children. It's like such a bizarre combination of um, irresponsible acts and very selfish. So we're very paradoxical that way, right? We'll say, you got to be good to the environment, to the community, to blah, blah, blah. And yet when it comes to your own personal way of dealing with things, you don't, you don't look at it that way, right? And that's where we as individuals need to be assessing things. So I don't want to, um, you know, kind of trigger anyone. So I'm not going to bring up any names, but there is someone who's, who's um, recently uh, felt their salary was too low, even though it's like 175,000 US. Um, and they feel that they should have a higher raise, which means as a government official, that the people have to pay for it. So it's like, I care about the yeah. people, the people should be, but I need a raise, even though I make more than you know, the majority yeah, of people they, in the country. Right? Yeah. It's like so, and it's it, it's not that I would look at it and go and say, no, you can't have more money. Of course you can. You know, this is, this is what you want to do. But we need to discern where the hypocrisy is. That is, that is our respect to the God within. So looking yeah. at gods without ourselves is strange. Look at the God within, right? Because we're still... Even if somebody tells me they don't believe in God um, and, you know, this this ridiculous banter about prove God exists, you don't need to. You you live as though you believe in God. 
right? So if somebody is yeah. um, bowing down to climate change and, and feeding it and paying kudos to it and setting flowers to it metaphorically, as we do on our altars or going to church, lighting a candle. I mean, we do this all the time. Some The moment the mind has something, you have a sort of a, a malfunctioning God that you're, that you're positing. So I would posit here that you need to honor the God with it. You know, not the external God. So that is being in service to self is really the, and that is not, um, I want, I want this for me. That is not serving self. That is serving the ego. That is serving the mind. That is serving even the negative input circulating attitudes that go around your spleen and into your lymphatic system, right? Um, yeah. Which some of you might not know about, but but the body actually is doing this. So I, I don't want to serve any of that. I want to serve self. And that is a constant... Um, changing thing now i don't you know let's say the 10 commandments are really healthy um yeah uh, they're really good for you and i can i can vouch for that i i've done enough things in my life to know that 10 commandments are important that doesn't mean a person can't go off and make all the mistakes they need to make to figure out what works and doesn't work for them and usually we all come down to the same conclusion. Some of us might take longer than others. It's okay to go through the errors, but to remember as you're going along that when you formulate with intention, like we're saying with Mindscape, a dream that you want, you will go around, along and meet up with conflict. You will. Mm-hmm. You, yep. It will not manifest when you want it, you know, it's like, well, I want this job tomorrow. I'm going for a job interview. I want that job. When you understand that you are um, determined, dedicated, disciplined, and you have the attitude, it's not what you want outside of you. It is you knowing within yourself that you're going in that direction and it will manifest as you go along. That means that you have to trust yourself. That means that the attitude you have towards this needs to be the strongest. If if my attitude is I'm not going to succeed, well, it's not going to succeed. Yeah, that's that's all there is to it. The moment we say, "Oh, I went for a job interview and it didn't work out," that's that's not how you come out. I went for a job interview. That's not the one. Next, next, next. I persevere. I have discipline. I I listen. Mm-hmm. Listen to what the person's saying. Hey, you're overqualified here. You're underqualified there. Oh, maybe I could take a course. Could I work for your company for free? This is a tough one, right? You know, I was told at I think 15 years old, um, I said, how do I go get a job? What do you do? Well, you go in and you dedicate yourself to the company completely. And you tell them, uh, look, I'll work for you for free for two weeks or a month. And if you don't like my work, you can let me go without paying or you can keep me on and and pay me. And most often when I'm working with someone who's got a negative attitude towards themselves, they will say, oh, well, I'm not going to do that. 
What do you think yeah. the answer is? Because they're not going to pay me. Now that, yeah. that, that, that never even crossed my mind that they're not going to pay me. Of course, they're going to pay me. My job is going to be so good. I know what my values are. I know what the company wants. I know what I need to do. I'm going to learn what I need to do. And they're going to want me. Now, chance, if there's a chance that that's not the company, you don't want to be there either if you can't figure out really? what's going on. And also, if they're not going to pay you, ask them why. Right? Yeah. Ask them why they're not going to pay you. What is going on? Right? So today we have a different format. You have to take on an employee. You're bonded to them. You have to pay them. You have to pay them their 4%. You have to do all these things for the employee. They have a minimum wage. They're protected. They, they, they can take off and, and the company has to pay for their uh, pregnancy leave. And, you know, it just yeah. goes on and on. And we think, well, that's due to us. Really, this guy who's worked really hard to make this company work, you come along and you get to take all the advantages where he's not getting those advantages. Wow, that makes it difficult for a small guy like you and I to hire an employee, yeah. right? Yeah. It makes it really difficult. So, you know, this is where even though the law states that this is what needs to occur. Does it mean that that law is right? No, mm. it doesn't mean that the law is necessarily um, filled with a, an appropriate value, right? So the more this occurs, the more we're irresponsible. Now that's not to say there aren't a lot of people who are completely responsible and still you know, benefit and not only that, give the company such, um, uh, great rewards in the work that they um, give that they're responsible and they help the company grow. Now, that doesn't mean we, we also know that a certain percentage of people, um, what is it, uh, like one person does the half the work and the rest of them, the nine do the rest of the half the work, right? Yeah, I think it's something like that. So, ten percent does the work, half the work, and the the rest of the ninety percent do the other half. The other half, yeah, right. So, um, is that Price's law? I forget which one is, or one of one of those laws. Um, the twenty. Pardon me. There's normally the eighty twenty rule gets. The eighty twenty rule. Yeah. That, yeah. So. You know, we know statistically that's that's what's happening. I, you know, I've I've always been the hard worker, doing more of the work. Companies didn't want to let me go, etc., because I I did a, a lot of the work, and they were they would recommend recompense me, in with, with the, um, with the understanding, of course, that that I was doing that amount of work, right? Yeah. Um, so anyway. I, I'm just trying to get my thoughts clear for um, what we're, you know, to, that the the dream that you have, and then you being responsible, having the determination and the discipline to go forward, but also attitude, right? 
Mm. Yeah. So it's kind of like you could just remember the three D's, determination, dedication, discipline, and attitude. I would just add, add that all of these things together would, um, would presume that we are responsible. Mm. Right? Yeah. Not guilty. Right. So if something doesn't work out, often people say, oh, I'm responsible. I must have done something wrong. Well, that would mean that you're not actually looking at the solution to the conflict. There's a big difference. Um, well, hold on. We will meet up with conflict. Yeah, we will meet it's up with. And, and a lot of times people cannot face the difficulties of life. Right. It seems the more um, we have um, ease in life, like we live in homes, we have heating, we have electricity, we have um, uh, social systems that will uh, be like a hammock to, to or a net, a safety net to uh, lift us up, the more we have of these things, the more neurotic we're becoming. So, mm. so it's as though the, the, the capacity for us to flexibly deal with a conflict that arises is becoming more anxiety invoking, right? We become more and more anxious. Yeah, so it's almost this, yeah. look, life is working really well. Shouldn't it work well in all domains? No, just because man has been amazingly capable of creating more and more comforts for us does not mean that hardship is far away. It could be your body. Mm. It could be uh, your money. It could be losses. It could be anything that occurs that will bring that conflict. So in a way, it's, it's as though civilization, it, it's as though civilization has created such a cushy bed for us to lie in that we think there shouldn't be any conflict mm. at all. Yeah. Right? So this is something that we need to learn how to resolve. In Breakthrough, we say when you're unable to take practical action, you're in overreaction. Right. Well, yeah. of course, you're unable to deal with the conflict that's come about um, in breakthrough. It deals with the psychological belief systems. Well, really, it's not it's it's your psyche, but it's your belief systems. It's the wounding from childhood. And um, it's this this strong mind that is able to say, hey, I've been dealing with this with this particular attitude, there must be a better way. And you begin to discover, hey, here's what I think about um, life and how it works. Hey, that must be false. If you think that things are not supposed to go wrong and that there's something wrong with you that, that they don't go wrong, there's your negative attitude. Yeah, Things will go wrong. Life is not fair. We've discussed this quite a few things, times, but conflict will come. And we have to exercise a little bit the conflict muscle that we are able to deal with it and the way we can deal with it is first have an attitude that i can and yeah. no it, it's not um a fault of mine that the conflict has arisen but it is my responsibility which is very different to deal with the conflict does that make sense so let me just recap a little bit
So we're looking at what is the vision, the dream that you have. You, you must, if you want to take Mindscape with Eloise or any other instructor, but you must visualize your dream in detail. I think we'll do that next time and talk about how exactly you do that. And then you must have the attitude that you're going to get there, but not in the way you think it should be. So you mm. constantly have the determination, dedication, and discipline. Along the way, you're going to learn things about yourself. You're going to meet up with one conflict after another and deal with that conflict. So usually what I hear is, oh, well, you met this conflict. Why don't you do this? And they'll say, yeah, but I can't because of this. No, mm. no, 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 no. That's when you're making excuses and you're buying into um, your limitations or you're not dedicated and disciplined and determined and have a good attitude, uh, a positive attitude that you can actually get through this, even if it requires research, trying over and over again. Now, that can become extremely complex where you may have, a, apparently have a good attitude, apparently, um, which I'm not quite sure how that would look, but the place you're coming from is negative. So let's say I have a strong belief that life is always a battle. I have to fight everything. Well, you're going to manifest that around you. Yeah. But if I understand that life is sometimes works really well, it's like really nice. You could really be really easy. Yeah. It's like it goes along and then conflict, deal with it. Next thing, conflict, deal with it. But if you think life is a fight, everything's going to be a fight. Every phone call you make, every, um, Every project you do, every person you deal with is going to be a fight because yeah. that's what you believe. If you start to um, examine that and realize it's not true, but you have to figure this out. I can tell you, but you can figure out for yourself that no, not mm -hmm. everything's a fight. It's not. But some minds say, oh, everywhere I go, there's always something that goes wrong. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, you, you know, it's a good exercise to count um, how many things you did wrong in a day, meaning like I uh, answer an email at the wrong time or I miss an appointment or I'm late for this or, you know, there's a million little things I don't do right. You take responsibility for it, deal with it, move on. But some people fall down at the knees of what they've done. Oh, my God, I missed my appointment. I don't know what I'm going to do. I feel so bad. I feel so guilty. Shame on me. And it goes on and on. That's, that attitude is not going to get you anywhere. You know, of course, when you're really stuck in something, I recommend you do the work that Eloise and I offer, body talk, breakthrough, um, and, and move on from, from there. But what we're working with, in, in the podcast is for you to be able to at least to do some of the work. So part of it is really setting yourself into the understanding that it is an illusion that life is going to work out. But you've got to realize that life is suffering. That's it. Life is suffering. Now, you can have a bad attitude about that, or you can have a good attitude. Well, yeah. Life is going to end in suffering at some point. You're having a really good evening, then you stub your toe. You're having, a, you know, you meet a guy and it seems really good that evening, or the guy, guy meets a girl, have a really good evening, and then never calls you again. 
Yeah. You know, you're you're gonna meet up with suffering. That's that's the way it's gonna be. But you can have the attitude that I can get through those conflicts. I can deal with those conflicts. I can seek out help to deal with those conflicts. I can research how to deal with those conflicts. I can have the positive attitude that I'm going to get through this conflict, no matter how hard it is to figure out. Right? Yeah. It can be really hard to figure it out. It's, you know, even my weekly conflict doing these podcasts trying to figure out how to speak properly, how to engage with people properly. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing. We started this, let's just do it. But as I'm going along, I'm saying, wow, you know, there's a lot I could refine here. What else do we need to do? Um, How else do I need to to come up to this? So that's basically, you know, what we're going to work with this week. So someone asked asked about letting go. And I think we'll just kind of... you know, put this together with letting go in our next podcast. Okay. Yeah. All right, my darlings, I do Ooh. have to go on to the next uh, conflict. <laughs> and, uh, work okay. That. Enjoy the suffering there. <laughs> yes. I will enjoy the suffering that is about to ensue and see how well we can resolve the next suffering. Right. Excellent. You know, cause even though we... that sounds so chirpy. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, have an attitude that, it's gonna we're gonna figure it out right yeah all right my darling perfect okay have a great week everyone